freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. Welcome once again to Faith on Trial. We examine the influence of law and society on people of faith. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, your host, and I think we have an interesting show for you today, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute, but want to welcome Gina back. She was uh, down in Florida, was it, for a wedding? Yes, we went to Florida last week for a wedding. It okay. was interesting recording this uh, this program that um while I was riding along in a vehicle. So. Yeah, well, I was hoping you were riding and not driving. <laughs> no, I was not driving. That would have been quite a feat. There's a lot of traffic down in Florida, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Must you be were, a lot of people moving I there. I think you were in Georgia when we had you on. Yeah, yeah. Time. I think you were in Georgia. Yeah, I was so. on my way. Anyway, so yeah. we got you back. Now you're safe. And I'm back, and, and nothing's changed. Right. We still have a lot of law cases to follow that um, are defending our our beliefs and our ability to practice our faith in the United States. Right, and we should we should point out that last week we talked with Dr. Akup, uh, who was a part of a lawsuit challenging the FDA's uh, use of certain or allowance of certain drugs to be used in abortion pills. And that case was heard, I guess, uh, this week. And we should have a ruling from that judge uh, any day now. And I'll, of course, set up another long line of litigation will go to the appeals court and then to the Supreme Court or whatever, but uh, we've got it started, so we'll see what, what happens. Now, today we have an interesting uh, setup. We have a couple yes. of guests who appear to be on opposite poles, uh, but they've come together for something, and they're not going to be on together. We've Normally we have our guests in different segments, but our, our first guest in the first segment is uh, Mariah Gondaro, who is an attorney with the uh, uh, Advocates for Faith and Freedom. And Mariah has filed suit against uh, the state of California because it just enacted a law that creates in California a a sanctuary state for children who are seeking transgender-affirming care, which means uh, up to surgery and everything that goes with that. She's trying to block that law from taking effect. And then we're going to talk to uh, Jamie Mitchell. She is the founder and president of an organization called Gays Against Grooming. And they are adamantly opposed to what is happening to our children here. Uh, and so we would find her and Mariah on the same side of the aisle on this particular issue. So we're going to talk to, uh, to Jamie in our second segment here. Uh, and, and Jamie, of course, is following her a little bit. Uh, uh, she's speaking out about this at her own peril because she is certainly getting some uh, backlash from the gay community, and we're going to talk to her about it. Of course, she's going to be on a Catholic radio program. She's going to get a lot more <laughs> backlash, I'm sure. But we'll talk to her about that in a, in a few minutes. What a great show. I, I'm Here in Iowa, this has been an issue with our... Uh, our legislature is in session, and they've been discussing some of the protections of children in these situations That's also. right. That's right. And uh, it was interesting to note that uh, when the legislature was taking this up, 
that so many of the students in the area, high schools, walked out of classes in protest, uh, indicating yeah. perhaps uh, how far the indoctrination has spread. Anyway, do you have a prayer to open well, us up with? Uh, yes, in just a second, because I want to point out that the Des Moines Register, that doesn't usually lean to the right or express any uh, views that support uh, conservatives, or religious liberties, they put on the front page of the paper a story about a uh, poll they did that said that a majority of Iowans support this kind of legislation Mm -hmm. protecting children. So we know here in Iowa, based on that information, that it is something that um, our population supports. And I think when we talk, especially to Jamie, we're going to find out that it's the kids that are the center of everybody's concern. And we don't want them marginalized. We don't want them indoctrinated. We don't want them certainly chopped up under a a surgeon's knife uh, for no particular reason at all, something they're going to be uh, 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 concerned about later in life. So uh, anyway, that's where we are on that. And uh, I guess you do have the prayer there. Right. And now I have a prayer for right. peace today. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Gina. We will be right back after these messages with Mariah Gondaro from the Advocates for Faith and Freedom. All right, Gina and I are back. We're you're listening to Faith on Trial on our Catholic Radio. And we have uh, Jamie uh, Michelle with yeah. us. What you say, Gina? Hi there. Yeah. Oh, Good morning. I'm, I'm tripping over things already. Okay. Jamie is a founder and the president of an organization called Gays Against Groomers. And uh, welcome, Jamie. Um, Thanks for having me. Hi. Uh, hi. I, I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, let's talk about Gays Against uh, Groomers. Uh, you started that organization. About how long ago was that started? Um, so we're still pretty new. Uh, we, I launched Gays Against Groomers June 6th of 2022. Okay. So we're under a year old still. Okay. And why did you do so? Well, um, you know, I had been seeing, like everybody else, uh, just the horrific onslaught of um, abuse being done to children, you know, being sexualized, being indoctrinated in their schools, and, you know, having these surgeries and procedures done um, to transition them. Um, kids, you know, these are kids. And I just was absolutely disgusted by it, as most people are. Um, and so I, you know, I had a big platform online that I grew over the past six years or so. Um, and I, I was like, you know, I can't sit here anymore and not try and do something from inside the community, mm-hmm. fighting it from inside the community, because you know, a lot of gay people, um, I would say the majority of gay people are actually really, really against what's being done. But there was no, like, unified voice um, uh, uh, that we could rally behind and get our message out. So I came up with the idea, and I just I just went with it. And um, it, it really kind of skyrocketed and took off into a, a, a life of its own. Um, 
and and the rest is basically history. And now here we are. Okay. And uh, one of the things I think you, you're probably aiming to do here too is to protect your community a little bit, because yes. a lot of times what is happening is people are pointing to the LGBT community and saying they're responsible for this. And exactly. uh, I, I, my impression always has been uh, that it's uh, uh, straight white people uh, that are doing most of this. Uh, they may be somewhat confused about how straight they are, but they're not necessarily uh, your typical. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly it. Um, you know, the majority of us within the community, like individual gay people and even trans people, mm-hmm. um, we, we do not condone this. And the gay community or our community is not a monolith. Like there is definitely I like to call it like the alphabet mafia or LGBT <laughs> Inc. You yeah. know, it's like a very you know, it's more of a political movement. Um and the the reason that these people are so loud that they're the, they're the fringe minority, the people in the community that actually support this and are doing it, but they are backed by every powerful institution in the country, which are not people in the community. You know, like they're right. backed by the media, the education system, the medical industry, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Like even the White House. So no, the, I, I often say that you know. This, they're using our community as a shield to kind of um, prevent them from being criticized, you know, so they're easily able to write everybody off as a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe to, sh- to silence them. But that's why our group is so effective because, you know, they try and do that to us. It's so funny. They call us anti-LGBTQ extremists, but, like, we're all gay. And mm-hmm. it's very, like, we're not anti-ourselves, obviously, and it's not anti-LGBTQ to want to protect children, you know. And and conflating the two, you're right. It's actually doing so much more harm to our community and us individually um, because, you know, we're being associated with this. And so I always say that our mission is twofold. It's first and foremost, to stop this attack on children and save these kids, but also to kind of like reclaim our good standing in society that we achieved not even that long ago. And and this push on kids is erasing all of that and setting us all back. And, um, you know, acceptance of gay and trans people is drastically dropping in this country for the first time, you know, in years. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why, you know, it's yeah, I think so, most so, people yeah. I know had a kind of live and let live uh, theory about exactly. life, and uh, and this has disrupted that. Uh, one of the exactly. things that I think is is going on here is if you look at what is happening, there is a I think a deliberate attempt to disunify uh, society, uh, forcing everybody into different camps so that mm-hmm. nobody has a, the same allegiance to anything else. So we're all a bunch of tribes operating against one another. Mhm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, you know. But that's that's the interesting thing and the good thing about um this fight, you know, fighting for the kids is despite differences that people have, you know, whether it be religious or political differences, you know, this is honestly the most uniting cause on earth. We have support from all over, you know, the political spectrum, the religious spectrum. Um I I have people that are straight up communists <laughs> messaging us on gays against groomers saying they support us. I have far right, quote unquote, you know, hardcore, uh, Bible thumpers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bible thumpers. There you go. And, and they're like, you know, I completely stand right next to you. Like, I really appreciate what you, you guys are doing. You have my support people that don't necessarily always, you know, ha- we don't have to agree on everything and you don't have to necessarily like us, but, um, 
you know, you recognize how important our voices are in this fight. And I truly think that it's, you know, and, and that's the amazing thing, like in a time where everything is so polarized and everybody is so, um, you know, just battling against each other about everything. This really is uniting people um, everywhere for a common cause and, and the most important cause, which is, you know, protecting children the most innocent among, among right. us. Yes, exactly. All right. Let's take a look at, uh, at what is going on here. Uh, with all this transgenderism kind of being foisted on children in schools. Uh, and that mm-hmm. seems to be where a lot of this comes from, is, is the, yeah. the academy. And uh, people who are entrusted with these precious children of ours uh, for an education, uh, we're now finding they're being indoctrinated. Where is this mm-hmm. coming from? Uh, how, how did this cat get out of the bag? Yeah, um, it's it's crazy because it feels like it almost happened overnight. But if you break things down a little, you can kind of see the push coming, um, building up, um, you know, just normalizing things in the media and uh, culture. And, and I'm not sure what the exact motivations are behind pushing this on kids, but I have some theories. I think first and foremost, you know, um, is money. Um, I, I think that they're in cahoots with big pharma and the medical industry um, because every kid, you know, that they get hooked on these puberty blockers and hormones and God forbid the surgeries. I mean, they are creating medical patients for life. And yeah, because so, these drugs uh, have to be renewed all the time. I mean, yeah. No. Once once you start, like, the, to be transgender, it's a lifelong medical commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because you have to keep up with it. And so, you know, to hook these kids young um, for life and just create a dependent person on the on the medical system, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's like millions of dollars per kid over a lifetime, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I think the, um, you know, there it's... Uh, all, all the pornography in the books. It's funny, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're using our community to push it. Like, there's no, there's none of that in a straight story or a story just about a boy and a girl, right? It's always in the books about LGBTQ. So I think, I think they're normalizing, you know, <clears throat> um, pedophilia. I think that's a big one. They're trying to normalize that. And it's like, if a child can consent to changing their gender, quote unquote, you know, uh, what else can't, what, what, what could they not consent to? I mean, that's pretty big. If they can consent to have their body parts chopped off before they're even 18, a, a fully formed adult, um, they can pretty much consent to anything. I mean, where, where is the line drawn? And I think that that is, that is a big motivator behind it as well. Uh, it seems to me that what is happening to these children, is, and you use the right word, they're being groomed. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about grooming. How does that work out? Let it, what are the steps in somebody wanting to groom a child? Well, I think the most the most uh, important step and important component to grooming a child is to turn a child against their parents okay. and their family. You know, and we like see you that happen. Yeah, we a see lot, that yeah, happening. A lot of them keeping things secret, you know, teachers wanting to keep things secret from the parents. Like you can, you can be your true self with us, you know, and, and we're not going to tell your parents. I mean, that separating a child from, from, or anybody from their family. I mean, that's typical cult. That's like standard cult one-on-one practices, you know, and predator practices. 
So I think turning them against their family, saying that nobody, that their family can't understand them, but I understand you. You know, it's it, it's kind of like um, Little Red Riding Hood, or what was? It? Yeah, I'm sorry. What is that? The old story, Little Red Riding Hood, like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. You know, exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, you know, and they love bombing them. You know, telling them that you can be your true selves with me. Uh, your parents don't understand you. Um, that that's the main component. I mean, right there. And once you once you turn your turn a, a kid against their family, then you know they and say I'm your family now. I mean, there are teachers. There are these teachers. Videos of them saying like, I'm your mom. Like I'll be your mom now. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, <laughs> nobody can replace the parents. You know, it's very evil and sinister what's going on. Okay. And how do parents combat this besides making sure they maintain a good relationship with their children? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, just speaking up is so important because we are chipping away at this beast uh, day by day, state by state, city by city. You know, it's um, go to school board meetings, voice your dissent. We stay, and, and honestly, you know, because a lot of parents that we are, we like to say that we're the parents' biggest ally because parents... Um, when they straight people in general, you know, like you're easily written off, they just write you off as bigots and hateful. Say, you know, there is refer to us. There is an entire group of LGB and some T people that that agree with this and do not want this happening to children. So it just takes speaking up, you know, and slow, slowly but surely we're gonna we're gonna end this nightmare. Um, but I, I agree, maintaining a open relationship and dialogue with your children is super important you know let them know that they can come to you and confide in you and a lot of these kids you know kids that think that they're trans or gender they're they're gender confused because they're they're being indoctrinated they're being confused you know they don't know what the hell this this stuff is about so um just you know be patient with them and and um they're going through a phase, honestly. Like it's yeah. kids go through phases, so just be there for them, and, and they'll come out of it. I believe. Yeah, you you told I, I listened to your interview in a, on a podcast, and you told an interesting story about what had happened to you after you uh, had an interview with Tucker Carlson that you were visiting with one of the people in the equipment van that was out, and uh, he oh, yeah. had a twelve-year-old uh, daughter. Why don't you tell that story? Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, so the man that uh, was operating the van that I did the interview from, uh, the Tucker Carlson interview from, we were talking, and he had, he has a young daughter. She's 12 now, but this happened when she was 7, and she's in a small little town of Wisconsin, like up north Wisconsin. So this is really happening everywhere. Um, but one day, he was telling me that she came home from school when she was 7 years old, and she goes, hey, Dad, um, I think I'm gay. And he's, like, completely caught off guard. And he goes, well, why would you think that, honey? And she said, well, my teacher said if a girl likes other girls, then that means that she's gay. And I like my friends. I like all my girlfriends. It's like, you know, and so, so they're leading these, they're confusing these children. Obviously, like, a girl or a boy, they're going to like their friends they don't understand the concept of what that actually means though you know mm-hmm. like they don't because they're not sexual beings they don't have they don't have sexual feelings or attraction at that age so of course they're just you know she heard oh uh, of course i like my friend Susie. i guess i'm gay you know yeah. but they don't they don't like them in a romantic way they just like them as friends so 
you know, it's very it, it's very evil to push these concepts onto kids that don't even know what what that fully means because it's impossible for them to because they're just developmentally not there yet. Yeah. You know, you had a, a saying you used in one of your interviews. It said, uh, "No child is born into the wrong body." Exactly, and that's so true. You know, like, and and for adults to tell people to tell children that the only way they can be happy is if they, you know, get on these medications and have to alter their body or or remove body parts. I mean, that is so wrong and evil. Um, Nobody should tell a child anything other than that they're perfect and beautiful exactly how they are. You know, to make kids believe that that God made a mistake, uh, you know, that's that's some pretty disgusting stuff and very, very wrong. Yeah, I'll no tell you. child is born in the wrong body. You know, kids go through phases. It's okay. Just let kids be kids. Let them grow up naturally. It's okay. Of course, we have a lot of uh, other problems uh, with getting to children, you know, the whole Internet and uh, Snapchat and all this other stuff uh, oftentimes gives children the wrong ideas about a lot of things, and it's not necessarily the teacher's fault anymore. But still, there are things that we can do uh, to monitor our children and to make sure that this doesn't happen and that they have an open uh, a, a path to come to us, to to talk yeah. with us and to trust us. Yeah, that's very important. Um, you know, <laughs> all of us within Gays Against Groomers are so grateful that we did not grow up in this generation. Um, you know, because we see ourselves in these kids uh, you know, a lot of us were gender nonconforming, if you want to use that term. Like, I was a tomboy growing up. A lot of, you know, a lot of the the men in our organization, the gay men, you know, they were into more girly things. But if we grew up today, you know, people would say that we were born in the wrong body and mm-hmm. want to transition us. And also, exactly the social media component. I mean, TikTok is just a hotbed of grooming material, you know, just teaching these kids showing showing all these children these non-binary a million different pronouns and genders and and you know the most uh honestly the biggest offender on TikTok would be Jeffrey Marsh I'm not sure if you or your audience is aware of him but he is whew, I, I encourage you guys to look him up if you're not aware of him but um he is a child predator and he is just he's amplified on that platform you know he's verified his videos are promoted um and it's very scary. So I really, I really encourage parents to be aware of what your children are looking at on the internet. Keep that dialogue open um, because it's it's a dangerous place out there, honestly. Yeah, and we know that uh, uh, besides the internet and that, that uh, a lot of this is transacted in the schools. Uh, we have yep. schools mm-hmm. that have what are they gender? Closets. Closets. Yeah. Yes. Where uh, a, a little boy can go in, change clothes to be a little girl, and then go out and spend the yep. rest of the day as a girl using girl pronouns and everything. And then when mom comes to pick him up, he goes back to the closet, changes his clothes, and goes home. Right. But don't tell your parents. Exactly. That's the thing. That goes back to like those cult and predator tactics 101, Mm -hmm. you know, hiding things from the family, separating them from the family, saying only I understand you. Yeah. I mean, it's the stuff that you hear about. And it's like you I can't even believe this is happening. Like, I I truly can't believe that Gays Against Groomers even has to exist, you know. 
but, you know, it, it's a true nightmare, but we are, like I said, chipping away at it, and we will bring it to an end. And I just hope it, that we're able to do that sooner than later because new kids, kids are, more kids are falling victim to this evil agenda every day. Now, you have a, a website. I think it's uh, just gazeagainstgroomers.com. And I think you have some information there that parents might be able to, to use or links yeah, to information. Have, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, our website is just gazeagainstgroomers.com. And we have an entire resource page that we've put together of other um, helpful organizations and resources um, for parents to to uh, use and utilize if they're ha- if they have a child that's kind of being um, swept up by all this madness. Um, because you know we don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of good organizations out there doing amazing work. So we like to be able to uh, provide parents with some real solutions um, that they can reach out to and get involved with. Now, do you have any special programs that are going on where uh, you have speakers out or anything like that? Um, Yeah, so we're constant. One of our uh, chapter leaders, our Washington state chapter leader, actually right now as I'm speaking to you, is testifying on a bill at the Washington state capitol. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're hosting events multiple times a week. We have people all, all over the country speaking at events. Um, going to school board meetings, testifying on bills. So, yeah, we're, we're not just online. We are uh, taking real-world action. Um, and we have, you know, we have uh, chapters. We have, I believe, 13 chapters in the United States so far, a few international chapters. So we're really trying to spread, you know, have, have our tentacles all over the place so we can just attack it full force from every angle. And I noticed you've had some... Uh, uh I don't want to say good feedback, but you've had some feedback from other people where you've had some of uh, your places canceled and things like that. You've you've had a backlash. Oh, of course, because these people are very threatened by us, Uh, you know, the the groomers and the people that want to do this to children. Um, You know, our organization is nine months old now, but within the first four months, we were banned from nine platforms online. Uh, most notably being PayPal and Venmo. We're still banned from PayPal and Venmo. Um, we're, yeah, uh, any event that I'm <laughs> scheduled to go to, you know, the the trans rights activists and Antifa, they all flood the phone lines of the venue and try and get it canceled. And, you know, they've been successful a few times. It's really sad to see uh, venue owners kind of cave to the mob. Um but it's, you know, I understand that their personal, uh, you know, their livelihood is, is tied to that. So I, I understand that they can be scary. But that's the thing, this other side, the people doing this to kids, all they have is intimidation tactics. They don't have the truth. They don't have the majority of the population. And so they're scared of us. They should be because they know that they're not going to be able to stop us in the in the way that they're typically able to silence everybody else, you know, parents and straight people and anybody else that, you know, really isn't part of the community. And that's why that's why uh, we're such a unique and effective voice in this fight. I think so. And, of course, now that you've been on a Catholic radio station, <laughs> you're probably <laughs> going to get a lot more backlash about that. 
But we appreciate you what you... You know, it's you, funny. I mean, I'm a Jewish woman myself. You know, it's funny. They call me a Nazi, and it's like I'm I'm a Jewish Nazi now, I guess. So that's interesting. But wow. no, we're... Gays, I and Gays Against Groomers, we're happy to lock arms with anybody, you know, that, that agrees with that, that children need to be protected. Yeah, I so. think that's the focal point here is the children exactly. and not let them be brainwashed and indoctrinated and uh, and to keep the links with their parents. Yeah, that's what it that's what it's all about. Gina, you're kind of quiet. Did you have anything before we have to wrap this up? Well, you guys did a great job. I you hit all the questions I was looking to have answered. We appreciate your time, Jamie, and we hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Over, yeah, I woke up a little sick this morning, but over, I'll be all right. Get over this cold. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you very much for your time and everything. Uh, God bless you in your work. Uh, we hope that uh, you have a lot of success doing that because we're working the same side of the road on this one. Exactly. Thanks so much for having me on. Certainly. Uh, Jamie yeah. Michelle, uh, president and founder of Gays Against Groomers. Uh, and Gina and I will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we are back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And right now with us is Mariah Gundaro, who is a, an attorney with the Advocates for Faith and Freedom. And she's just filed a lawsuit against the state of California uh, trying to block the enforcement of a law it just passed which makes California a sanctuary state for children who are seeking uh, gay, uh, transgender, whatever, therapy. Um, and, uh, and, and she's here with us on the phone. And Mariah, why don't you tell us about the case, the law, and uh, what we need to know about it. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Certainly. So... So the law is otherwise known as California's Transgender Sanctuary Bill, and it encourages children from other states to flee to the state of California to obtain gender reassignment surgery. It blocks parents from being able to access their child's medical information, and then it also gives California courts authority to assert emergency jurisdiction over the child. Now, this is kind of important to go through, and I, I, I don't want to nitpick, you know, as an attorney, but uh, normally uh, child custody determinations are, the jurisdiction for that is based on a uniform statute, uh, which basically identifies which state would have jurisdiction if there was uh, uh, litigation in another state. And usually, as I recall, I haven't done juvenile work in a long time, uh, that was the one of the things was where the child spent the greater part of the last six months or something like that. So what you're telling me now, and this is what is, is scary about this, is I can bring a child into California, even though I just plucked them out of Iowa and took them to California, and now the California courts have can claim jurisdiction over this child to determine that I should be the guardian instead of the parents. Um, yes, you are correct. Uh, typically, states where the child is from um, has the authority to determine custody disputes, but this statute gives California courts the authority to determine these types of disputes if it relates to gender assigning care. So not only is this a direct violation of the 
rights for parents to direct the care and upbringing of their child, it's also a violation of the full faith and credit clause because it's essentially saying we're going to forget about all the states, other states. We're going to give um, California authority to disregard other states and basically make up their own rules. Yeah, so um, go ahead, grab the kid, take him to California, and uh, you can do what you want with him, basically. Uh, yep, e- yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, which is it's such an unprecedented bill. I mean, it was it was ba- it was made in direct hostility to conservative states, too. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh, Governor Newsom out there doesn't like the red states. I mean, oh, he's, no, ba- he's banning yep. Walgreens now because they're going to obey red state laws about distributing um, abortion pills. Yes. You're exactly right. I mean, he 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 said he said it publicly that this that he was passing the bill and to address other states and their bills like Texas and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what else, else is your bill trying to do? Um, we know what uh, I guess what uh, the law does that uh, uh, California passed. What is it your lawsuit is doing? And are there any other areas? that you want to attack uh, this law for? You talked about uh, uh, equal protection. Talked about um, uh, faith and credit. Go ahead. Yes. So the the two main issues right now are parental rights and the full faith and credit clause. Um, This is a very blatant violation of parental rights. And so at the moment, those those are the two issues that are being addressed by this lawsuit. Okay. Uh, I have one question. I read the bill, uh, or not the bill, the lawsuit, and it's about, what, a 27 pages, something like that, uh, 26 with the uh, attachments to it. Uh, one of the things that I was looking for that I saw hinted at, but I didn't see anything definitive or really hardcore about it, was the, the question of standing. So how is it that uh, you can file this lawsuit and, and you're filing it on, ha- on behalf, I guess, of, of a, a religious organization? How is it that we bootstrap ourselves into standing? And, and perhaps maybe you can explain to our non-attorney listeners out there what the concept of standing is. Well, yes. So in constitutional cases, you have to have what's referred to as standing. So you, you have to show that the bill um, directly harms you um, at the moment. You've got to have skin in the game. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't just challenge a bill without, without showing that it, it, it harms you somehow. Um, but, and typically you see lawsuits brought on behalf of individuals. But with this lawsuit, it could potentially take some time for an individual to be able to have standing. Essentially, you would have to have a parent whose child is at the moment um, going to California. Kidnapped. Exactly. Which we don't want to have to wait for that to happen. Okay. But there's an exception to standing, and that's if you bring a lawsuit on behalf of an organization who was able to show 
that they had to divert resources to be able to co- combat the harmful effects of the bill. But that, and that's exactly what our watch has had to do because they are an organization that focuses on parental rights. Okay. All right, so now this is filed in the federal uh, district court in, uh, let's see, Central District of California. Uh, and it was just filed recently, so you probably don't have much in the way of feedback on it. In other words, nobody's responded to it yet, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming that the attorney general in California will. Um, what are you looking at what, uh, about how this, this lawsuit is going to play out? Well, um, we are, as you are probably aware, litigation takes a long time to resolve. Yes. <laughs> and, and you have to be not, very patient to be a lawyer these days. Uh, yes, absolutely. Especially when you're going up against the government. Because here, we're seeking to enjoin the statute, meaning we're seeking to prevent the state of California from enforcing this statute. So these types of cases, settlement is usually not on the table Mm -hmm. because we're talking about entire bills that the legislature passed. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we're going to be doing is seeking um, a preliminary injunction, which allows the court to enjoin the bill even prior to the lawsuit being adjudicated if it's clear on its face that the law is unconstitutional on its face. And so we're going to be seeking a preliminary injunction sometime within the next few weeks. Okay. All right. And, uh, and then uh, if you get, well, let me go back to the, to the bill itself, the sanctuary bill. Um, Where did this come from? I I know Gavin Newsom doesn't like red states and I know he wants to push transgenderism on everybody that he can, but what was the nucleus of this bill? Obviously, you know, it had to pass a legislature, uh, and the uh, legislators, the lawmakers in the state had to sit down and say, hmm, this sounds like a good idea. You know, you want to kidnap a kid, bring him here, we'll cut him up. So the person who sponsored the bill um, is a man named Scott Weiner. And we see him proposing these types of bills um, uh, quite often. He um, just—it's—it's it's actually very sad, and I and I do. Yeah, I that name sounds familiar. I think we've run across him before in proposing bills in the California legislature. He's a senator, isn't he? Yes, he is, mm-hmm. and I believe it's somewhere near the Bay Area, if okay. I'm if I'm not mistaken. But it was it was him who who brought up the bill, and you know it it's just unfortunate that we don't have enough sane people on the California legislature who would pass off on this bill because not only is it blatantly unconstitutional, and this is the thing, there are so many California politicians who just don't care about the Constitution. It's dangerous, though, because you are encouraging children to flee to California unmonitored and unsupervised to a state that has high rates of human trafficking. This is a reckless bill. Okay. Because it sounds like it's very demonic. I mean, if somebody asked me where this came from, I'd say it comes from hell. (laughs) It comes from the bowels of hell, literally. 
uh, because this this is something that turns over the apple cart, uh, and nothing is sacred if a bill like this uh, it can be upheld. This is the reason why we have courts. Yes, Mariah, is it possible that the judge would place um, a hold or a stay on the legislation until this case is um, adjudicated? Um. Oh, you mean avoid ruling on the preliminary injunction? Uh, oh, no. I, oh, so I think that's what she's asking for. Yeah, this is a pre-enforcement oh, okay. action. Right. Got it. Okay. And so in the case of the, um, does the bill um, talk about how these procedures get uh, paid for? Do they allow Medicaid to, in the state, to um, pay for the, for our tax dollars being involved, I guess, is my question. You know, it's, it's not very clear on that, but theoretically, yes, someone's going to have to pay for this surgery, and it's most likely going to be the California taxpayers. And so they they probably conveniently uh, left that out. And for some reason, it, it's mind-boggling to me that California has so many issues with its own state and the people that are struggling with different issues, that it is so concerned about what other states are doing that it would pass this bill um, costing the entire state uh, so that children can come in and get get these types of surgery. Yeah, this is uh, kind of a nonsense bill. I mean, I I can understand if your goal in life is to uh, get every child that you can get your hands on and, and get them uh, transgendered in some way. Uh, but other than that, I don't, I don't understand the purpose of it. Yet, uh, if you oppose the bill, at least in the national level, you're called a, a hater. You're, you're now against uh, gay people. Uh, and we just talked about that with uh, Jamie Michelle gays against groomers that, you know, this is something, a backlash that they have to deal with. And they're trying to, you know, make the point that, uh, uh, that this is not something that's promoted by the gay community. And so we, uh, uh, we, we come back to your question. Why would we do this? Why would we do something like this? Well, that's a very good question. And you bring up a great point because the left, loves to try to scare people, and loves to shut their mouth. And the reality is is there's a lot of people who don't say anything because they're afraid of the backlash. But we can't be afraid of the backlash because we're talking about innocent children, children who cannot, who are struggling with different types of issues, who can't make these types of decisions on their own, and who need their parents involved to work through the implications of their their life-altering decisions. And so we cannot be concerned about what other people are going to say, because that's just what the left does. But there are more people, and I believe an overwhelming majority, who agrees with us that this is such an overstep and such a dangerous bill. They say it's about protecting children, Um, but it doesn't protect children. It takes advantage of their 
their um, vulnerabilities and their psychological state. It encourages them to come to a state unmonitored and unsupervised. This is just so blatantly wrong and dangerous that it it's hard to fathom we even have to have this conversation. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very hard to fathom. And, and you wonder why sane people uh, who are running the show, so to speak, allow this to happen. Maybe they aren't sane. You know, maybe that's... Maybe that's the bottom line. We're dealing with people that uh, um, just have a warped sense of reality. Well, I guess that might be an understatement. (laughs) Um, We we do know for sure that you have a warped sense of of reality. But this is also a spiritual battle. I mean, right now what we see is such an attack on identity. There are so many different ways. Children so confused about who they are. This is a spiritual attack because the enemy hates God's children, hates God's creation. And that's what this is about. It's about destroying God's creation. Right. And so... Um, and not only, not only that, but the, the, it's, it's also about uh, getting in the way of relationships that should remain solid getting in the way of parent-child relationships, for example, the family relationship. This is a way, really, for the state to come in and say, we're the family, and we'll make the decision. And forget about these people that uh, you call your, your birthing parents, right? Uh, they're, they're not the ones that are in control. We are, and we will tell you uh, what is important to you, which is get you the know- surgery if that's what you want. Yeah. You, you raise an excellent point. Um, we see that more and more. The government saying, hey, we'll raise your children. Mm-hmm. You know, you also, you, you, you see that oftentimes in, in socialistic countries. Mm-hmm. But we all know that the government is pretty bad on raising our, ch- our children. And we don't want them doing that. Right. And we especially don't want the state of California raising our children. Right, right. All right, we're going to have to go. We're just about out of time. But uh, your, um, I think your uh, uh, website, if people want to follow what you are doing, is faith.freedom.com. Is that correct? Yes, faith-freedom.com. And you can support us there. And we're, Right. You know. and, there, and I think there's uh, probably on there somewhere a way to make a secure donation if you have some loose change. Uh, all your winnings from the tournament that's going on now, you know, you've pr- played your brackets and put your money down. When you win some money back, maybe you might want to share it with people like uh, like uh, the, the Faith and Freedom. Yes, thank you so much. And, and we great, greatly appreciate all, all the help we take on these cases pro bono because we believe in the cause. Um, and we believe God will provide um, because of faithful, um, selfless people. Very good. Thank you very much, Mariah. We certainly appreciate your time. Uh, We'll have you back again. Uh, We'll keep touch with you over this issue. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Gina and I are going to take a break right now. We will be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Gina, an interesting program today. we have two people on who you would expect to be poles apart on this issue, and uh, they weren't. No, and I think um, 
I think what we exemplified today in, in today's show is that um, we as people of faith um, understand that God created us all in his image and uh, protecting the children is the most important part of our duty as Catholics and Christians and members of this society. Right, and the people uh, on all sides of uh, a lot of these contentious issues uh, can act in good faith, and we can join together with them uh, to support those things that should be supported. And I've got to, uh, uh, I've got to uh, give a, uh, kudos out to Jamie for all that she is doing. And I do know from uh, listening to some of the things on the internet and some of the interviews that she's done in the past that she is uh, under a lot of pressure from uh, uh, people in the uh, radical community that is in, in favor of all of this stuff. And I think she makes a good point that this does not represent the gay community. The gay community is on our side on this that are trying to protect the children from this um, infiltration and indoctrination. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I... I hope they. I wish them both very well that they uh, succeed in their efforts. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. So we're just about out of time now, and I want to uh, mention to everybody that uh, this week coming up at uh, Saint Augustine's Parish here in Des Moines, uh, we have a. Uh, a, a I, I don't know if we want to call it a seminar. We have a group of meetings about uh, Fatima. We have a gentleman coming in who's going to be speaking for an hour on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday about Fatima, the, the uh, prophecies from Fatima, what it means to us in our uh, life today. And uh, they start at 7 o'clock and they go till 8 o'clock each of those three nights. And we tentatively have the uh, uh, man who is presenting this booked for next week for our program. So uh, hopefully we will have him on to talk about this in even more detail, maybe. But let's, uh, at this point, uh, go to our defender's prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, o Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam, roam about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Well, that's it for today. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank our guests for sh showing up and uh, being with us today. And we look forward to meeting you again next week to talk about Fatima. In the meantime, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app.